the soothing voice, mate. I've got the presenter voice. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first episode of A Pint of Interest, the podcast dedicated to people, politics and pints. With me, Lewis Brackpool. And me, Oscar Holdway-Lopez. My token Spanish mate. And today we are excited to welcome our special guest, Calvin Robinson. Calvin's a great guy. He's uh, He did started with doing things for the Defund the BBC campaign, which we'll get onto later. Uh, I don't particularly agree with him on that, but I'm sure that'll be a topic of conversation. And of course, now he's doing things with Reclaim and Lawrence Fox. So really excited to have uh, Calvin as our first guest and to crack on with the show. We have an exciting show today where we'll be talking about the influencers who have essentially pissed off to Dubai. The most woke story of the week and Calvin's involvement with defunding the BBC and the Reclaim party with Mr. Lawrence Fox. Okay, this section is called Woke of the Week, where each week, me and Oscar go head to head to try and find the most woke story possible and share it with you all. And we can take the piss out of it, essentially. So I've got one for you today, Oscar. Are you go ready Go ahead, hit me with your worst. Okay, so CBS this morning, so that's an American broadcaster, right, um, are saying that puzzle sales are soaring during the pandemic, but until recently, the industry was missing a critical piece. So a person called Omar Villafranca shows us how one brother and sister duo created puzzles of colour after they discovered a lack of representation in the industry. So puzzles... <laughs> are now woke right can i get your view on that what do you think well it's it's batshit crazy i mean i don't think there's any other phrase you can use for it but we shouldn't yeah. be surprised i mean i think over the last year with this pandemic yeah. people have been getting more and more bored and uh not sure what to do with their lives and coming up with more batshit crazy things to say that are racist or homophobe gardening was one Gardening was racist as well. Oh yes, that was racist at one that point. Was a, yeah. That was an interesting one. But when yeah, are they I mean, fucking I, I, stop doing this. Like, I don't understand. Like, like what? What is this obsession? I think with with the movement. I think I don't know if it ties in with Black Lives Matter or or that area of movement. But this is getting to a stage where you could literally label anything as racist now, and I'm pretty certain the public are getting absolutely bored of it even the left are getting pretty bored of it now because they're like well brilliant that's tied to us again do you know what i mean <laughs> so when is this gonna I, th I think it's gonna create more content for us each week so i can't complain there but I i've got a i think there's two things with it really that i think that we have to say i think the first thing we have to say i think this has coincided with the pandemic yeah. and a hell of a lot of people are very very bored and it's a first world problem. You wouldn't be getting these problems in other countries where no. you actually have to, you know, go outside to, to yeah. get your shopping. Whereas these days yeah. in this country, you actually don't need to go outside to actually yeah. uh, get your shopping. And we've seen with the rise of the Black Lives that Matter movement, people have a lot more time on their hands. So well, they're actually coming with, with, his, with the craziest stuff they can come up with. And they're complaining about stuff that there's no need to complain about it. If puzzles is the biggest racial problem in this country, 
racism solved. Yeah. So the article I've got here, right, for you, Oscar, by CBS is saying siblings siblings launch jigsaw puzzle business focused on black representation. Because apparently um, (laughs) that all they could find apparently was cartoons. So there was apparently a lack of representation. The thing that I have, right, the thing that I'm sort of looking at here is you could take anything, right? And you could apply any sort of demographic to anything, okay? And you could find everything is completely disproportionate. So I don't know, where, where's the line going to be drawn here? What do you think? Well, there is no line. That's the thing. There isn't, I mean, when you have the, the Prime Minister of Canada talking about... Oh, Trudeau. Uh, Trudeau, that yeah, is yeah. nuts. He is. <laughs> oh, he's oh, he's so liberal, he's so woke. Shit, I've never seen. Oh, mate. Honestly, like, when when you have it, people like him talking about, um, what, what did he say? He said, um, <laughs> people kind. People kind. That was yeah. it. <laughs> people kind. I mean, how idiotic do you have? To be? Like this. Yeah, we man, don't say that. We say people kind. <laughs> this man is is full on an idiot. Like I know. Did no one explain? Did he not get taught that it's the 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 it starts from mankind comes from humankind? Yeah. If you wanted to wokeify that, just just yeah. say humankind. Just say you, humankind. I have a theory to why he's so woke as well. Why? Um, because back in the day, I think he was caught doing blackface. He's hiding. He's hiding his other side, mate. So it's a bit like Lewis Hamilton with his um, blunder with, I believe, his nephew, who was uh, who was a bloke, obviously a boy. And he was wearing a dress and he was like, guys can't wear dresses. <laughs> and then obviously now he has to pander to the left so hard. Same with Trudeau, that they've just gone so far left and so wacky that they'll just say anything now to please that side of politics now. Going back to this puzzle thing, it is yeah. it's just a growing trend in society yeah. that is sort of everything is being seen in the lens of racism and race. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the word that anything that has color is automatically um, seen within the lens of it being a race. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. An, in an inanimate object, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter to these people. Well, you can't say you can't say a lot of things now because of this. So, you know, how far can we can can it be pushed? So this section is Newsweek, where we talk about the spiciest topics of the previous week. So what's been going on? Oscar, can you tell me? Uh, well, this week, uh, one of the big news is, is these so-called influencers who I mm. guarantee you most of this nation have no idea who they are. <laughs> but no, one, no one actually has seen these people before. No one knows no. who they are, but they're regarded um, as influencers. And vaguely speaking, what's, what's been going on is obviously we've had these travel restrictions and as anyone can see, in order to avoid these travel restrictions or avoid these lockdown measures that we've had in this in this country, mm. they've just jetted off to places like Dubai. And uh, within the letter of the law, it's allowed to travel if it's for essential work purposes, et cetera, et cetera. And mm. what they're saying is that they need to be to, uh, go to Dubai to have mm. sun, to take pictures of themselves and put on fucking Instagram. Yeah. So th- that is what's been going on this week. Yeah. And not many people are very happy with these people. Yeah, I bet. Well, I've got a, a headline here where the government has actually been involved with these influencers. And it, this one's from the Metro saying government spent £63,000 on Love Island reality stars and celebrities to promote the NHS test and trace. So what's your view on that, on the government getting involved? 
what I don't understand is yeah. like who who are these people? Who are these influencers? I've never understood. <laughs> you not heard of Josh Denzel <laughs> or uh, or Shauna Phillips? No one on, no one knows no. who they are. I'm I'm pretty sure no one knows who they are. They're followers on, on Instagram and they think they're the bee's knees. The government have spent a shitload of money, as far as I can see, on these people where no one actually takes it that seriously. And if they mm. do take them that seriously, then they've probably yeah. got something wrong with them. So I've got full fact here. This is the full story of what's going on with this £63,000. So it says, full fact, ask the Cabinet Office, how much was spent on this type of marketing via a freedom of information request? It told us that £63,000 was spent paying 42 social media influencers to post about Test and Trace. This amounts to £1,500 per influencer on average, although their payment is likely to vary depending on how large their following is. I mean, do you know what? If I got approached and said, look, Lewis, right, I know you've only got 1,500 followers, right, we're going to pay you, what, 50 quid? I'll take 50 quid. Yeah, just uh, go on the test and trace app. That'll do. Sell yourself out for a little bit. Actually, no, now I'm changing my mind thinking about it. <laughs> I'm actually changing my mind and going, no, you're selling yourself out to the to the government, to Bojo for that. It's but a bit no, weird actually, to be no. fair. Like, actually, yeah, reading that back, I'm actually a bit annoyed with myself. It's a bit strange you, like, it, using right. this glow on the side of the influencers. Like, I've personally got no issue. If the government's just offered the money to post one thing, then... I'm not going to say no, but it is a bit, I do find it a bit weird like, bit profiting weird. in that way from this pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's, it's basically these, these nobodies telling people to go and get tested. Um, when... To be fair though, Oscar, if you think about it, if you got the opportunity to, to go to Dubai and things like that and you're getting paid and you can do that, because I'm guessing they're going to use this 1500 quid to go to Dubai for a bit. Right. I mean, who would want to sit in your in your house anyway for for weeks on end without a date? I mean, I know I would if I had the chance. On on, that, I wouldn't right. brag about it. I don't think. I know they're all bragging about it, waving their dicks about, <laughs> which would piss but me on, off. On obviously, that, on that, on the them going to Dubai, your would you go? You're half right. Would I go? Uh, no, you would I, go. Let's be honest. You would go. No, I would. If you not. had the yes, you would. No, I Come would on. not go to Dubai. Yes, you would. No, I, what Couple of beers on I'm... the beach. You huh? wouldn't give a shit. You don't care what's going on over here. You'd be like, no, because you're not a fan of lockdowns. So you'd be like, fuck this. I'm off. I'm not a fan of lockdowns, but I'm also not not a you know shit person. <laughs> well, well, what do you mean? How does it make you a shit person? You're away from the UK. You're not spreading anything. You're, you're in another country. Let me explain. And you're just doing your own thing. Hang on. You're getting paid. Hang on, Lewis. Right. <laughs> Hang on. These people... Just throwing it, it out there. There's one thing, say, going to Dubai, and that's mm. one thing. Going to Dubai and saying, I want to get away from all of this. I have the money. I right. can go to Dubai. I can stay yeah. there. They've got less restrictions. That's one thing, right? Another thing um, is that this uh, these people have actually been... Uh, saying that it's for work they've act they've actually been yeah this is the problem they're, they're key workers they're, yeah, what, they're saying they're, they're essential they're essential workers riding yeah, on a fucking camel <laughs> and taking a picture I saw of it that. is is now essential yeah the right hump <laughs> you, you paused so there bad. that was it was a dad joke wasn't it, it was um awful. No, I, I know what you mean. Like, after watching Good Morning Britain and seeing an influencer come on and say, yeah, well, it's inspired people to go away and, 
you know, it just motivates people to, you know, just just be themselves and a bit of freedom. And, you know, everyone's really, really having a hard time. So I'm just lifting spirits. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're on the back of a camel, love. You look fucking stupid. And you're saying you're an essential worker. Piss off. By them, th- their argument is by them. But I do it. By, by them having a good time, others will have a good time as well. Yeah. This, is, this is insanity. People they are dying. For themselves, time. by the way. No, they don't. They don't believe they in don't. themselves. Um, and on, on these people, they also, I also saw one that was on this morning. I, you'll right. probably know her name. You're more into these. You actually you follow these influences. Culture. Yeah, I'll keep my head on the ground, mate. <laughs> um, lose it. One of them was saying that, that, that people need to be kind and that uh, to her because she was, she was getting criticised for it. Being, uh, this campaign of being be kind is now being used effectively as a way out of accountability. It's no, 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 just be kind to me. (laughs) I may be doing something completely shitty, but just be kind anyway, and then it will all be resolved. Well, I enjoy being a (laughs) so they're fucked. (laughs) Right, so... (laughs) No, well, I enjoy it. (laughs) So, you know, sorry to shit on that campaign. So we're welcoming Calvin in. How you doing, man? You good? No, it's not bad. How are you? Very well, very well. Teaching Oscar to be more sound. What's the partnership here? (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on. I am, I am perfectly sound, mate. Uh, you, you are the neoliberal here, mate. You are the neoliberal. <laughs> I knew there was going to be conflict as soon as you both, as soon as you both got together. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. Um, we were talking earlier about the influencers jetting off to Dubai, uh, essentially pissing off from the UK uh, to try and get some sort of refuge and out of this, uh, out of this mess we're in. And of course, the government. I've been spending about £63,000 on promoting the NHS test and trace. I wanted to get your, your views on that. What, what do you think? Well, I've heard two sides of this. So I heard, first of all, that influencers got stuck abroad and that Matt mm. Hancock has been condemning them for travelling. Um, then I've heard the other argument that the government has been paying influencers to kind of promote mm. programmes. So I don't know if it's the same set of influencers, but if it is, that looks really bad on the government. Uh, as for the government recruiting influencers to propagandize, uh, I'm not entirely confident of that. I think they're, I get that they have a message they want to get across and they want people to be compliant. But at the same time, we do have to kind of at some point say, is this propaganda you're peddling? Is, the, is it fair to be hiring people that young people will look up to in order to spread your message? Is that transparent Is it, is, or is it opaque? Do people know that these influencers are being paid by the government? Is that uh, in the messaging that they're putting out there? I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the messages, but I assume that they are kind of pretending it's their own personal stocks on things. Yeah. On, on quickly on uh, these influencers going uh, to Dubai and these these countries because of the restrictions in this country. I know yourself and me as well, uh, sort of anti all these uh, the lockdown and all these sort of restrictions or a lot of these restrictions. Do you have a moral problem with them sort of just jetting off, leaving the country and going to Dubai and living the life there while everyone else is stuck here? Hey, look, if you can afford to fly over to Dubai. I was saying this earlier. <laughs> I was saying I was pretty sure that Oscar would be jetting off immediately if he had the chance. I wouldn't know I wouldn't. Yes, you would. would no. Yeah. Would you no do chance. it, Calvin? Uh... Oh. oh, here we go. Here we go. I think that these rules are immoral and probably illegal. Uh, I'm not encouraging anyone to break the law, but I do think that it comes down to your own personal conscience, whether you're going to 
obey these tyrannical rules or not. And I, yeah. I don't judge these people for getting out of here because I feel like getting out of here myself quite often. Yeah, but my, my, I mean, my, we were discussing earlier, my point with these people jetting off isn't necessarily that they're jetting off. I agree that if they sort of have the money to do it and these rules, I think these rules are stupid, they can jet off. It's the fact that they're also portraying themselves as key workers. And it's almost, well, they are yeah. saying that they're jetting off and providing a service to people. And so therefore it's essential travel. They're making it a legal it's not a moral case for them. It's a legal case. It's they need to do it for work, which is, I think it's just bullshit. Like, it's just yeah. not true. Well, to add to that, I, I don't understand, like you said, Calvin, about that they're recruiting people to promote this NHS test and trace app, yet penalizing them for being stuck abroad. So I don't really understand. And then saying that they're key workers and it's all just a bit of a mess. Well, it's another case of double standards, isn't it? What is a key yeah. worker or who is a key worker? What does yeah. it mean to be a key worker? And I think that's going to be an issue that gets raised as we go in the months ahead because it seems to me that it's a term used mostly for the working class, mostly for people that are holding our country together, like yeah. school teachers, nurses, doctors, uh, policemen, um, you know, construction workers, people who have to be out and about. They are the ones that are classed as key workers. So why mm. is it okay for them to be out and about? Is, is the world safe enough for them? Or is it just that we're going to sacrifice them because we need them to carry on with their jobs while the rest of us hide away at home? I'm not quite convinced. So we were just talking about uh, lockdowns and the restrictions. Of course, that is a big part of the Reclaim Party. Can you give us a little uh, insider into what the Reclaim Party is all about, what its aims are? Um, obviously lockdown is one of them. What other things are you guys sort of looking at, you, yourself and uh, Lawrence Fox? Sure, but uh, to be clear, I don't speak on behalf of the Reclaim Party. I've been politically advising, but I have politically advised a lot of people from a lot of different parties. But what I can mm. say about Reclaim is that they are needed, they're necessary, and they are here to stand up for the everyman, for the normal people, um, standing up for civil liberties, standing up against the cultural issues, and basically making sure that the government are held to account because there's no opposition at the moment. There's no one saying, actually, you can't accuse every single person of being racist in this country or you can't say that everyone is naturally a bad person just because they're white or all these things. This is what Reclaim is for, to say, no, that's not true, first of all. Mm. No, you can't say it uh, because the Labour Party is not doing that. The Conservative Party have been very, very shy on these cultural issues. Mm. And then, of course, lockdown too. The Labour Party is saying, to the government you're not doing enough you need to do more with these restrictions so who, where is the opposition where is the party that says no stop um this is not okay and that again is reclaim i was going to say what makes you distinguishable between reclaim and maybe another party like reform uk and um, what's what makes reclaim stand out a little bit more as opposed to let's say yeah reform uk well, I can't speak for Reform UK. No. I don't know what their, what their policies are. But what I can say is these smaller parties are rising up out yeah. of the ashes uh, because they're needed. Like, so the Brexit party was fantastic at making sure that the Conservative Party stuck to their promise of yeah. getting Brexit done. And without them, I don't think we would have done, uh, speaking as a, as a former Brexit party candidate myself. I think it was essential what we did. But Brexit party has gone. Brexit's done. And now people still care about these issues the cultural issues and, and you know civil liberties but there's no one speaking up for them and that is why the little parties are rising up and i think we'll start to see reform reclaim the sdp um being that person for the everyman and maybe they'll work together on certain issues maybe they won't um we've got some elections coming up so we'll find out very soon i'm sure but as long as there is a voice for normal 
Englishman to say actually what the, yeah. what the government's doing isn't okay and the Labour Party aren't offering any alternative so they need someone to vote for they need someone to to show that they're not approving of what's going on I go along with all of what Calvin said there I, I agree with that I think uh, we do I think both of our two main parties are actually dead that's been my view for quite a while I don't think Labour represent the working class and I don't think the Conservatives actually want to conserve anything that's all that has been my view for some time however uh, the issue that I can see is that we have a lot of these these parties rising up, as you said, the SDP, uh, the Reclaim Party, the Reform Party, uh, the Heritage Party, a lot of these sort of third parties rising up. And it seems to me that a lot of them, well, they are battling for the same group of voters. And mm. that in itself will cause conflict when come when come the election. It's just going to split the vote completely. Not necessarily for the Tories. I don't have any any love for the Tories at all. But between themselves, it would just cause a lot of problems, wouldn't it? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. These parties are never going to get some power, are they? They're never going to be government. So I don't really think it matters how many votes they get, because whatever number they get between them, even if it's split, it's still a sign to the government that says, actually, this many thousands or millions of people voted against you and voted for these smaller parties. So what are they saying? What is the message they're putting across? Uh, I don't think politics is all about getting into government and I don't think that's what these parties are trying to do they're trying to give a message to the government I think we just need more of a, a voice now for the working class because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't resonate with them at the minute um, especially with the woke stuff I know Lawrence Fox has been very very vocal with that side of politics especially identity politics critical race theory things like that which does not resonate with I'd say everyone arguably um, especially in the UK I mean, we're a lovely, tolerant country. That's what Lawrence said. And I think that message does need to be pushed out a bit more. So if Reclaim does that, then you're going to conjure up a lot of voters with that. So fantastic stuff. I agree. And this is what I talk about all the time. And this is literally what I get stopped in the street for. People say, thank you for speaking up on this issue. I'm Brilliant. just a regular Englishman. I don't care about where anyone's from. I don't care about anyone else's colour of skin. I don't see skin colour. I just see people, good or bad. And I'm sick to death of people telling me I'm a bad person because of the color of my skin. That is racist. I'm like, well, yeah, it is. You're right. And more people need to speak up for it. I think, yeah, I think we've got to the stage now as a society where um, what we're doing is, is we are just purely dividing people now through race. And, and it is actually the hard left that are pushing it. And it's the Labour Party or, or big elements of the Labour Party. And the irony is that is not what the Labour Party... Uh, their core voters have stood for they do not represent the working class as far as i can see and you know going around and asking people and speaking to people what the working class really care about is a bit more you know a bit, bit more money in their pocket at the end of each month a patriotic party that actually you know gives a shit about their own country um exactly. and 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 really and the big one actually which is sovereignty which is controlling their own lives uh, as much as possible not just as an individual with you know their own lives but also their own government being and holding their own government to account these are things which I don't think, not just the Labour Party, I don't see the, the Tories really standing up for these values either. I don't think the two main parties understand it at all. No, this is, you've hit the nail on the head. This is spot on. This is when you go out there and talk to normal people across the country, they'll say, actually, I care about how much money's in my pocket or what, who's indoctrinating my children in school. They don't give a damn about which pronouns someone wants to use. That's their own personal issue. And the problem mm. with Westminster, in that bubble, everyone's trying to out virtue signal them each other. Everyone's trying to look like the better person or the better party, uh, subscribing to trans issues, queer issues, uh, critical race theory, all these ideologies. And it doesn't help 
normal folk because normal folk don't have time to care about this nonsense. Uh, government and the opposition need to reconnect with normal people and get outside of London, get outside of Westminster and talk to normal people, find out what issues concern them because that's what's important. So Calvin, I'm really excited to be sharing this with you, right? So this is my woke of the week. So I'd like, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. So CBS this morning, it's called, so it's an American uh, broadcasting site. They've, uh, they've pu published a column called puzzle sales are soaring during the pandemic, but until recently the industry was missing a critical piece and a person called Amar Villa Franca shows us how one brother and sister duo created puzzles of color after they discovered a lack of representation in the industry. <laughs> I can already see you, you're rolling your eyes. So I, I, yeah, let loose. What do you think? We've already had our discussion. We think it's absolutely mental. So jigsaws are racist now, is that? No, jigsaws <laughs> that's exactly are racist. Right. Yeah. Why is everything so. flipping racist? This is the problem, <laughs> isn't it? Oh my gosh. So I don't know when this is going out, but this week I just released a review of Gainde Andrews' book. And this is... This is the core problem of what we're talking about right here. These people who call themselves academics but see racism in everything and in everyone. And it's they're always looking for the racism. They're not even saying this is racist. They're saying, how is this racist? How was this person? <laughs> and that's critical race theory. It's gotten people like stuck in this zone, like looking through racial lenses. It's not good. It's harmful no. for society. It's like Oscar said, it's divisive. We want to bring people back together. What is going? How can a jigsaw be racist? Come on, please. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lack of representation because when they were looking for puzzles, it was mostly cartoons. So they thought, oh, well, there's no black cartoons, so we're <laughs> going to just make one up ourselves and say and call it puzzles of color. So to make it just um, black jigsaw puzzle pieces, essentially. And it's like what Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig and stuff. Are they all racist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. On that new book, I saw you tweet, actually, um, today on that new book. I, I found it quite funny. You said something along the lines of, if you want to have a laugh, then read this book, but don't buy it. Just go to the library. I thought thought that was quite a good summary of, of, of about where we've got to in this country. Oh, yeah, but, don't give the guy any money, please. But do no, exactly. Get yeah, the PDF online. We thought, I mean, I've listened to that guy, sort of Good Morning Britain and other things. He, he is mental. <laughs> Well, this is where we're getting because people are subscribing to this mentality and thinking it's normal and it's okay and this is a way of proving they're a good person oh these, these there's no black people there this must be racist it's like no uh, cartoons they don't have to be black or white it doesn't matter the amount of sort of um people on twitter i see sort of you're actually your bog standard laborites your bog standard old labor uh they might have brexit might have remained just normal people and they'll be like yeah a lot of them don't go to university and they'll see something on twitter and it'll be like critical race theory or you know this is racist now and someone will just go yeah i don't care about it i just want my trains to run on time i don't really give a shit about that and it's so <laughs> true it's like no one cares <laughs> oh you only care if you go to university and who is getting offended is it actually black people getting offended quite often uh, it's middle class white folk getting offended on behalf of ethnic minorities. behalf yeah <laughs> and they've capitalized on that mm. i think um we were discussing earlier as well that well, I, I mentioned that you could put any sort of demographic on pretty much anything and there will be some sort of disproportionate representation. So like you said, anything now can be is, is, is fair game for the racism card. 
but I don't believe in this idea of representation. I don't understand it. Yeah. In a country that's supposed to be meritocratic, uh, we yeah. have equal opportunities. If you want to be something, work hard and be it. I don't see why you need to see a certain number of people that look exactly like you in that role before you can do it. Yeah, I agree. That's bizarre. Right, I want to, uh, I'm going to take this to another thing that I want to talk about where Calvin and I do disagree. Uh, we've spoken Ooh. about it before. Uh, he's very enthusiastic with this uh, campaign. I think it's nonsense. But I'm going to give him the chance now to try and convince me and anyone else there who thinks that defunding the, B- the BBC is actually a bad idea. So take it away, Calvin. Why should we defund the BBC? Uh, because it's full of bloat. It's uh, full of... <laughs> It's full of metropolitan liberal indoctrination. Like they have a certain worldview, and it's the worldview we've just spent the last half an hour talking about. It is this idea that you know critical race theory, queer theory, gender theory, all these ridiculously fluffy woke theories are correct. They are the right way to live your life. And the BBC is saying if you're not a subscriber to these theories, you are a bad person. And I don't agree with that. So I don't think the BBC is fit for purpose anymore. You know, it used to produce some good content back in the day uh, when I was a kid. I used to see some great stuff. Those days are long gone. I don't need to be lectured at or told I'm a bad person for not subscribing to a particular worldview. And it's not left-wing or right-wing, it's just metropolitan liberal elite. Um, they spend a lot of money on diversity and all of this kind of nonsense, £100 million a year, and at the same time they'll chase uh, the vulnerable, they'll chase women for what is essentially a television tax, that if you don't pay it, you're under threat of prosecution. You go to jail for not paying a television tax, whether you watch their channels or not. All of this is wrong, very wrong. I don't I just say, can I just butt in quickly yeah. and say that you're not the, there's a, a massive movement behind this because I've pulled up a spread here by Breitbart saying that 750,000 pensioners are resisting to pay the BBC TV tax. Good. 750,000. Yeah, I mean, so that's a lot. So this Those are pensioners. So they never used to charge pensioners for the license fee or TV tax. No. And this year they've gone back on their word and said, actually, we're going to charge you, even though they made a deal with the government that they wouldn't have to charge the over 75. So we were like, okay, just just say no. What are they going to do? Lock you up? They're going to lock up a lot of elderly people for not paying the TV tax. And thankfully, the elderly people have stood up and said, no, we're not going to pay it. We we Mm. don't need to. We've paid all these years into the BBC license fee under the promise that once we reach an old age, we won't have to anymore. And now you're going to turn around and say, actually, you do. No. And good for them. Because yeah. the BBC, you know, has a monopoly. It's it's the biggest corporation uh, in media in this country. So smaller stations like Talk Radio don't stand a chance. You know, small local independent stations and mm. podcasters, people like you guys, don't stand a chance because the BBC. Oh, here we go. He's trying to get me on. He's board. done it. He's done it. Yeah. yeah? No. Yeah. No. He's true though. It's true. But the problem is. It's the Remainer argument, isn't it? Oscar, Oscar's argument is like, we can reform from within. We can improve them. We can, they can be good again. Much like nice the, voice. You know, the European Union it can be better. We just need to work hard. No, it's, it's had its time. It's proven time and time again that it, it is getting worse and woker. It's time to shut it down. Or at least let them have their own revenue model that doesn't, uh, isn't under threat of prosecution, doesn't send people to jail for not paying it, whether you watch it or not. If I watch Channel 4, or Sky News, or whatever. I should not be paying the BBC for that privilege. I paid for the television, not them. What's that about? Come on, Oscar, tell me. Right. So, enough of this uh, neoliberal thatch, right? <laughs> you I agree agenda. with Calvin. I, know I agree you with do. Calvin. Uh, you were both in the same silly boat, but that's fine. What do you mean silly boat? It's oh, a silly no. boat. Right. Why is it a silly boat? Well, let me explain. Right. Okay. So, 
the, the flaw with the argument is we've for a, Calvin spoke there for about seven, eight minutes and probably about six minutes, six minutes of it was on wokeism. The problem with this is people have a problem with wokeism. That's there, right? If it wasn't, if the BBC wasn't woke, people wouldn't have an issue with it. So let's get to the root cause of the problem. If the BBC is defunded, does that solve wokeism on the TV? No, uh, Oscar, Oscar, no, it it's doesn't. not just it's not just wokeism, though, is it? Because there is a clear bias within the BBC that are pushing yeah. left left wing ideologies. No, it's no, not no. just wokeism. There's, there's, a, there's a clear bias across the media. Right. There's a clear bias across the media pushing a certain agenda. The what BBC, about GB News that's coming the, out? That's the, not well, going to be don't know what it's going to be like. We, we can judge that when it comes. But there is a True. clear bias across the media of uh, uh, liberal, I wouldn't even call it left-wing, uh, Calvin was right, he didn't call it left-wing, it's just a liberal, liberal woke bias, right? right. We can all agree, that is true, but it's across the media, it's not It's not necessarily the BBC. Getting rid and privatising, get rid of whatever you, whatever you want to call it, defunding it, getting rid of the BBC is not the answer. Actually, if you take the politics away from it, which we can all agree is is woeful, the BBC still do some fantastic stuff. The brand, the BBC, is known around the world. It does represent the country very well across the board. It's only the last few years, the last 10, uh, 10, 20 years, 10, 15 years, where we've seen the growth of this wokeism in the rest of it. And Calvin's point uh, on the uh, European Union and, and trying to compare it to the European Union is just what aboutry. It's pure what aboutry. The European Union was never, ever good. It was founded on the principle, right? Of, it was founded on a principle and they followed to the letter that principle. So there was no shock that the European Union went the way it did. We couldn't reform it because that wasn't the way it was set up. The BBC was set up to be impartial. It was set up to give um, equal access to good things, I think was, was, was vaguely the phrase they used. That's why it was set up. The BBC has been going for years and years and years. And it's only in the last 10 years where it's gone completely nuts. I agree. But the rest of the media has. But the rest of the media, you can't just privatize something and expect okay. something to be good. Right. Calvin, I'm gonna I'm gonna glove you up now, right? And put you put your boxing gloves on for you. Right, there you go. Because he's on from what about it with more what about it. He's saying, well, you see, you said you said that about the BBC, but that's also the case for everyone else too. That is literally what about it. So let me answer your question in that if it's just wokeism, how does it cancel it? Because it isn't just wokeism. First of all, it is the bias. That is one issue. But it's also the bloat, you know, the huge waste, the massive salaries. It's the monopoly crushing the small independents like yourselves. It's discrimination in that most of the people they go after are women and most of the other people they go after are the elderly and the vulnerable in, in their prosecutions. It's also that it's outdated. Uh, the fact that the TV license covers all stations, all live television, regardless of which you're watching, which comes to the main point that even if it is woke and cancelling it doesn't cancelling the TV license doesn't stop it being woke, all that does is mean that I don't have to pay for that wokeness. That's the difference. I should not have to pay for the BBC to lecture me. If they want to keep doing that, let them do that. And you haven't answered how you're going to get around the problem. You haven't said how you fix the, the rot, get rid of it. Um, because we've tried putting new chairmen in, we've tried putting new directors in, and it's at the core of what the BBC is these days. And it's not even systemic. It's not even institutional. It's not like it's coming from the top down. People are saying, you need to be like this, you need to be like that. It is just the type of people, it's hegemony. It's the type of people that are attracted to the BBC. And they're all part of this guardian kind of group thing. And yes, it is all across media as well. 
but how do you solve it? If you don't have a solution to solve it, then defunding is the best option. And like you said, the BBC is quite renowned across the world. Good. Let them open up to a global market then if they want. Let them charge people in America to watch the BBC content. Let them charge Australians, Canadians if they want to watch BBC content. Brilliant. Why? I don't want to pay for it. Let someone else pay for it. I mean, I can't argue with that. I mean, I, I, I know you've put, I haven't even put 20 pence in myself. I'm just sitting there having a pint, just listening. The BBC, they give off uh, silly, woke, left, liberal agendas. That's all true. I just don't think that the, privat- the privatisation of the BBC work and i don't think it's a a long-term solution the bbc is a british institution it's one of the core british institutions it's a fantastic global institution it gives off fantastic documentaries it does fantastic things to society match of the day it's fantastic it's bloody brilliant right it's not just all about politics and i we can agree that there is a a foundational problem in the media of left uh, liberal bias across television stations and one of the problems uh, one of the things that actually needs to happen is Ofcom need to start actually regulating these um, industries as they say they are right channel four is probably the worst one I think I don't know if you agree with that I think channel four is just the worst one Um, how has that not been picked up as as being biased we've had Trump for the last four years I mean listen to the media talk about Trump and you you think you'd be talking about some sort of dictator it's not impartial the problem, half the problem is that we're not actually enforcing the regulations that we say we're enforcing. Interesting. I haven't heard a solution yet. Um... Well, the solution, <laughs> the, well, the, the, the solution is, is, is actually enforce the laws that we've got. Your, your solution isn't a solution. Your solution is just getting rid of it, which doesn't do anything. It just puts more, more, more power into the hands of these uh, massive corporations, which are woke anyway. You're not actually any you're not actually going to the root of the problem of wokeism and left liberalism you're just saying let's get rid of it from the from the public sector that doesn't help anyone mate doesn't you're not solving anything you're just saying get rid of the bloody thing i mean i'll put the same argument back to you i don't think you're, i don't think you're solving anything i think you're agreeing with me on the issue but not giving me a solution to it uh, i think that, honestly the cultural stuff that's what the parties are there for reform reclaim sdp they will fight those cultural issues they'll fight wokedom but in regards to the BBC directly, there is a way to stop them politicising, to stop them lecturing me, or to st- at least to stop me having to pay for them to lecture me in defunding it and let, let them open up their own business model, let them find another uh, way of earning revenue that doesn't tax people under threat of prosecution. I don't want to see the magistrates' courts filled up with young women uh, who just happened to have not paid for the BBC and ended up watching something on live television I don't think that's fair or right or okay in the, in the modern world. And I get the conservative perspective is it, everything must be conserved, but that's not true. That's a very immature, narrow view of, of conservatism. We have to absolutely protect our institutions for the next generation, but not at any cost. If we cannot make sure that those institutions are fit for purpose, then we need to have a look at them. Uh, it's, to, it's just the opposite end of the spectrum to has everything. The conservatives want to conserve everything. There is a there is a nuance to both arguments in that if the BBC is no longer fit for purpose, someone needs to look at it and decide what's the future for it. Much like the NHS, we can have a very similar conversation about the NHS. Okay, well, let me put this to you. We're not going to agree on this, but seeing as you put pose the question to me, I'll pose the same question to you, okay? Your solution is to get rid of it, which, you know, is, is fine, or, or, or put it into private hands or defund it or whatnot. So what's next because you're not you you're you're just getting rid of an institution but you're not what's in its place what how do we solve this woke problem because channel four uh, sky news all of these medias are still woke 
the 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 problem will still remain. You'll just you're just getting rid of one of them. So what what would you do? Perhaps we need to loosen the reins. Perhaps we need some deregulation. If Ofcom cannot uh, follow the legislation and make sure that stations uh, and broadcasters are fair and unbiased and balanced, then perhaps we need to loosen that up and let stations be outwardly biased so that at least you know what their bias is. And then we could have their Fox News versus the CNNs if we wanted to. Uh, GB News could come up and be completely right-wing if they wanted to because they're countering all of the left-wing rubbish on the BBC. I'd probably be happier with that than a pretense that everything in the UK is actually somehow unbiased and balanced because we know it isn't. And it's a certain narrow perspective that is approved and allowed. So maybe that's a way to get around it, deregulation. What about a model of, because I think sort of talk radio and LBC have a decent model, which is instead of trying to give one down the middle, straight down the line opinion, is give a variety of opinions on the same channel. So it might be that one week you have uh, Owen Jones has from seven to eight, uh, or, you know, on prime time. And then the next day you have uh, Lawrence Fox. So you're actually giving differing opinions on the same channel. What do you, I think that, I think that model's a much better way to go. Yeah, but you can argue that's what the BBC would say that they already do when they've got, um, you know, a bunch of Ramonas on Question Time, mm. but also Lawrence Fox. So they say, well, we're off in balance because there are different perspectives here. But, you know, it's always uh, unbalanced. Mm. I knew you both would disagree, so I'm just keeping quiet. <laughs> just to let you guys, I know that the countryside isn't racist and that's what the BBC pushes out. So that's my 20 pence. You finished your pints, that's your problem. Well, that's it. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Because that's more important at the minute. So... so i've got to stop you there it sounds like last orders to me so calvin a quick final question it's post lockdown what do you order at the pub uh well it depends which pub post lockdown a big bottle of champagne i don't celebrate oh it's gotta be it's gotta be go out with a bang you walk into the pub and you first order (laughs) a bottle of champagne and you try yeah, and gentlemen part of the metropolitan liberals one of the people <laughs> <laughs> Man of- well thank you very much for sticking around and for the upcoming episodes you can send in your own questions for us so be sure to check out our social medias via instagram twitter and youtube at a pint of interest and thank you very much calvin for joining us today and oscar for putting up with me and of course the viewers and the listeners out there for, for listening with us thank you very much